Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Uh, good morning, Fred. Well, good morning. It's big game Sunday edition, but no Steelers, so no big deal. I- I'm not watching it. <laughs> well, first up in the Smart Driving Car newsletter, New York City is now able to collect data from Uber, Lyft, and other ride-hailing companies. As Wired Magazine puts it, as of this past Friday, they have to provide the TLC, the Taxi and Limousine Commission, with even more finely detailed data than they do now. The date, time, location of pickups and drop-offs down to the intersection, the vehicle's license number, trip mileage, the trip fare, the the route, uh, whether they were in midtown Manhattan, how much the driver was paid, and the city intends to use all this data to learn more about what's happening on the streets and for, for planning, obviously. Good thing? It is a good thing because they've been collecting this information uh, from the taxis for some time now. And it is eye-opening in terms of the uh, the kinds of service and, um, and uh, where people are coming from and going to when uh, and using uh, the taxis. Uh, the very interesting piece of this will be uh, to what extent uh, does Uber and Lyft really just uh, go in there and uh, basically cabotage um, uh, the, the taxis, uh, or are they providing a different form of service? Are, are they really providing um, uh, mobility to the outer boroughs, uh, to the circumferential trips, as opposed to the trips that go uh, in and out of Manhattan? Um, if they are, then in fact, they're providing an enormously valuable service because that's a service that the MTA uh, doesn't provide. Uh, but um, it will be very interesting to see. Um, I can't wait to look at it. And uh, obviously down the road, some of this at least, depending on where we're talking about, hopefully is going to be uh, driverless when you're talking about these services, right? Well, I think, and and in fact, uh, that's why I want to look at it. I want to look at what the opportunities are for these uh, trips uh, that that haven't been served by the taxi industry, and uh, basically, uh, with driverless uh, uh, mobility, then even more of these trips could be offered. So um, I think uh, it's very interesting. Our friend Michael Senna is out with a new edition of the Dispatcher with plenty of insights, uh, as usual. Uh, Among other things, he offers his perspective on a number of car companies, European for the most part here, uh, BMW, Daimler, and and Volkswagen, where they stand today and where they're going. Interesting, interesting dispatcher. Absolutely, and I think for everybody who's really an auto watcher and to look at uh, where they are now and whether or not they are transitioning. Um, I think uh, that uh, Michael has a, a very good read for everybody there. Autonomous Stuff, the company that supplies R&D platforms, products, software, and more for robotics and autonomy systems, is out with a report that takes a look at their phenomenal growth in 2018. 
and you've got to say it's impressive. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about autonomous stuff. Well, uh, I first uh, met Bobby, I guess, at uh, maybe the first uh, uh, automated vehicle conference uh, and I think it was Detroit a number of years ago, and I've always been impressed with Bobby and in terms of uh, uh, his uh, desire to be able to to find a, a, a uh, to create an outlet uh, for um, the sensors uh, that people need to be able to uh, to basically do research and and to build uh, the the first and second and 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 the handfuls of these vehicles. Um, uh, things like radars and so on uh, that are available to the OEMs from the suppliers uh, tend to be very difficult to uh, to acquire for an individual who's just uh, uh, building a research vehicle. And uh, simply because uh, those companies are interested in the large contracts, uh, you know, they're providing uh, uh, commodities uh, to the OEMs. Um, it's one thing to provide the commodities to the OEMs. It's another thing to provide <clears throat> one or two of these uh, to some researchers at a university or <clears throat> or a startup. And so, really, Bobby was uh, was providing that interface to do that, and um, and he's done very well with it, as as well as um, advancing um, uh, the capabilities of of easily integrating these. Um, uh, uh, sensors into vehicles. And so um, I'm very happy that he was able to sell his company uh, back in October, and they had a fantastic year. And uh, I guess great, great things ahead, and they're playing an important role in this whole industry, it sounds like. Absolutely, because they're out there in the bleeding edge. And they're they're helping the people that are out there in the bleeding edge uh, not bleed uh, quite as much. A second employee of Apple has been arrested by the FBI, charged with stealing company secrets from the self-driving car project. The employee is a Chinese citizen, and we should mention the project is, seems now, in, in recent days, to be pretty much shut down from what we've seen, right? Well, I, I sort of suggested that maybe they were shutting it down because they were letting 200 employees go. Uh, supposedly, uh, they had, uh, what, 500 or uh, I've forgotten what the number was in there, an enormous number of people working on it. Um, uh, but it does seem as if um, uh, Apple is scaling back and maybe, um, you know, in an attempt to try to protect um, whatever intellectual property they, they created there, um, uh, some of this uh, – uh, other uh, aspects of the of the um, uh, employee um, relationship is uh, coming out. Uh, it's rather interesting that um, this is sort of uh, part of the whole uh, global political um, um, uh, struggle that is going on uh, today. And um, here it is: uh, uh, intellectual property associated with uh, driverless cars, uh, maybe at uh, one focal point of all this. So it's um, again. Uh, from the uh, bleachers, it's uh, it's an in interesting game to watch. And and you mentioned this this could provide a lot of uh, a lot of interesting information about what Apple has been doing. Perhaps. Absolutely, and and that's the interesting piece because should it go to court, uh, then of course uh, all the uh, depositions and uh, and uh, court uh, documents that are prepared. 
um, tend to try to get at the facts of what's going on as opposed to the public relations, uh, which is uh, most of the stuff that we end up reporting on. <clears throat> so it will be very interesting to read those documents. Uh, we had um, somewhat of a learning experience uh, when the um, uh, and Anthony Lewandowski situation was uh, was unraveling between uh, Uber and Waymo, and um, here um, we may get a, another inkling of what was really going on at Apple. Closer to home, Alan, the New Jersey Assembly this past week created a task force to evaluate autonomous vehicles. You've been you've been really pushing for this and for for a long time. Uh, yes, uh, we've been pushing for it. Uh, testified uh, um, uh, back in the in the fall on it uh, before committees of the assembly. Uh, so now it's passed the assembly. Uh, it has to uh, pass the Senate and so on. And let's um, get it moving because there are things to do. It would be nice if New Jersey uh, was uh, playing a role in the uh, in the um, inception of this technology because um, I believe that uh, uh, it could really improve the the quality of life and the uh, New Jersey economy. Uh, enormously. So um, I'm glad that um, that at least the legislative body, the assembly is moving it forward. Where where this goes from here, you, you mentioned it to the state Senate. But beyond that, I guess the, the idea is to really open the doors in the state, inviting companies to come in and, and start start looking at this here. Absolutely. I think we need to create a welcoming environment. Uh, it's I've suggested that, that at this point in time, uh, the technology is 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 essentially uh, mature. It, it, if it isn't uh, t right today, it will be by the time um, all of this, um, uh, the, the welcoming aspects uh, are created. Uh, so I think it's no longer um, the issue of making it safe. Uh, it is safe. Uh, there is enormous um, investment going uh, into doing and making it safe around the world. Um, and, um, and so it's not the safety that's uh, really the critical path item at this point. It's really um, um, community acceptance. It's really um, creating a, a, a welcoming environment so that, in fact, uh, the technology uh, can coexist um, in our neighborhoods, on our streets, um, uh, to deliver the, the, the uh, uh, quality of life improvement of, uh, of safe, affordable, uh, on-demand uh, uh, mobility 24-7 uh, to everyone, uh, and especially the the uh, mobility disadvantaged, and I term them to be the uh, the young, the old, uh, and of course the poor, um, who uh, uh, don't have uh, uh, mobility uh, opportunities, aren't served by New Jersey Transit, and um, and for them it's it's in some sense uh, life changing. And so uh, this is an opportunity with this technology uh, to provide them uh, with mobility that allows them 
um, to not have to spend all day traveling to try to get a job to be able to feed their family. Um, so it's, it's really important. And uh, this is a necessary step. Uh, but to do this, um, the real uh, opportunity to do it uh, uh, affordably is that uh, we can't build new infrastructure for this mobility. So it has to use the, uh, the streets and the uh, investment that we've already made in the infrastructure and, um, and just uh, provide mobility machines to move people around. And that's, that's where the driverless mobility comes in. And to really do it affordably and environmentally responsibly and um, with um, uh, efficient use of energy, uh, then it it needs to be in a shared ride context. And so we have to create a welcoming environment that people are willing to to share a ride. And by sharing a ride, I don't mean uh, that – that you have to be packed into uh, uh, 60 at a time in a bus or uh, 150 at a time in a in a train. It's it's really uh, two or three uh, because the demand for mobility in New Jersey um, at any time, going from any place to any other place, there tends to be not many people wanting to do that at that at that same time, and so the opportunities are are relatively are few. Uh, but they do exist, and we have to take advantage of these. And by taking advantage of these and offering a system that, that allows and, and in fact, um, makes it welcoming uh, for people uh, to share a ride, I think they will. And if they do that, then, of course, um, uh, the affordability is improved, the energy efficiency is improved, and, and the um, the environmental uh uh, respect and, and, and responsiveness is improved. And so this is, this is what we should be focused on trying to create. And, um, and um, that's what we want to do in New Jersey, or at least that's what I want New Jersey to do. And of course, uh, New Jersey will be the home uh, of the third annual summit, the Princeton Summit on the smart driving cars. And hopefully the state will be involved. Right, and and uh, the focus will be to do uh, to do what I just said, but also to do other things. As 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 you know, uh, Fred, uh, we sort of have uh, three kinds of these uh, automated vehicles. There, the, the there's the safe variety, there's the uh, self driving variety, and there's the driverless variety. I've been talking about the driverless variety. That's a that's a uh, a mobility machine. Uh, that uh, doesn't discriminate on who it serves and just provides a service. And if you want to go from A to B, it takes you, just like an elevator takes you from the ground floor to the 14th floor. If somebody else wants to go with you at the time before the doors close, they get in with you and they travel. I mean, that's the kind of horizontal mobility that the driverless has the opportunity to do. Uh, But the safe is also very important for those who will still continue to buy their own cars and drive themselves in their own cars. Uh, My goodness, the technology can be used to basically be um, uh, uh, watching over to make sure that in case – uh, you get yourself in trouble uh, by you doing the driving. It's ready to take over and and, and basically um, uh, bail you out, uh, save your butt. 
and uh, this is really valuable and and it's a, and insurance uh, should be should be uh, promoting this and 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 and, and hawking it um, uh, flow and the gecko should be saying uh, go buy the best technology uh, safe driving technology that you can why because um, the insurance premiums that uh, that uh, you will pay uh, to the to the flow or to gecko to the gecko. Um, they won't have to spend, um, um, you know, burying you or you know, uh, repairing your lungs or whatever because you crashed. And so, uh, therefore, uh, you're better off. They're better off. Everybody's happy. It's win, 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 win all over the place. And and they should be actively promoting that in their commercials. But of course, the regulatory agencies in, in, in each state who regulate the car insurance need to recognize that. My goodness, uh, all of a sudden, the the the, the um, uh, extent to which uh, uh, you, uh, a vehicle is at risk, uh, the expected liability associated with that vehicle is not is no longer a proportional uh, to uh, the driver characteristics but it's proportional to the technology that's in that vehicle because that technology if it works is out there really in, ensuring the safety and my goodness when the cost of that technology becomes uh, less uh, than the amount that it saves in expected liability. Insurance companies should have the opportunity and the regulators should give them the opportunity to discount them at that amount or, in fact, to just buy the technology for, for the um, buyer uh, of the, uh, or for the person that's being insured and, um, and then uh, use part of the premiums to pay for that and the rest of it put in their pocket and become rich. So my goodness, everybody's happy on that. On that one, uh, the consumer has a vehicle that helps them um, not crash, and the insurers uh, get to be more profitable. I mean, my goodness, uh, come on, regulators, um, you got to let that that be um, uh, be an opportunity. And then the, on the self-driving, well, you know, that just saves the auto companies because, uh, my goodness. Uh, um, you put uh, put technology in a vehicle that uh, basically drives the car some of the time, and I drive it uh, when I want to drive it. Uh, I'm going to pay a lot of money for that. Uh, it's going to be better than Chromes and Fins, and so uh, it allows them to to sell me a car. So you know all all three phases or all three elements of this automated uh, vehicle technology are valuable. Um, to the consumer and to the auto companies and to those that don't have mobility. Um, and um, uh, so, therefore, um, it's really good in terms of who benefits for, uh, on the environmental side or who delivers the environmental benefits. Uh, well, that's really the, um, uh, the driverless. Uh, the other two just uh, basically let us uh, misuse the environment uh, even more then we've been misusing it um, up to this point while we drive ourselves around with uh, whatever uh, big machines that, that surround us. But um, uh, that's another issue. To your point on the insurance, insurance industry, um, they've participated in the past 
Oh, yes. We've always had them as part of the the summit and we'll have them again. And uh, it is uh, it's still uh, it's a very good debate. Uh, The the focus and what we try to do in the summit is is really it's an engaging summit in which uh, in which uh, what we have in the audience are really um, uh, uh, members of this uh, of this um, technology society. And uh, and we 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 engage and we debate. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> while some of us think we know what is the best solution, um, uh, it's still up for discussion. And so, really, what we're trying to do is 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 uncover uh, what the the best outcomes could be, and to um, try to uh, to move <clears throat> move the ball in that direction. In the newsletter, you had an inter- interesting take on a Financial Times piece, uh, a story headlined, Robo-Taxis, Can Automakers Catch Up with Google in Driverless Cars? And they're kind of holding this out, it sounds like, as a, as a savior for, for automakers. Uh, well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see it that way because, because if we're talking about driverless, self-driving is a savior for the automakers. But that's with us out there owning cars and r- driving ourselves, uh, one person to a vehicle, and maybe going living farther out and so on because uh, who cares if uh, we're stuck in traffic? Uh, uh, we can sit there and um, do whatever we want to do. Uh, listen to this podcast, uh, whatever. But um, um, uh, but driverless, uh, driverless is is we're not going to own driverless individuals. I I just don't believe there's a market for it. Why? Why? Because because I I wouldn't want to buy one because I'll, I'll have drive anxiety. Uh, I've had all my life the car companies telling me about how much I want to drive and how much fun it is. And, and oh my goodness, and all that that's been ingrained in my brain, my, my poor neurons have, have all, you know, gotten connections to make me want to drive. And so uh, I'll, I'll buy a vehicle uh, only if I at least can drive it some of the time. You're going to tell me I don't drive this thing? Whoa, I'm not owning it. And so, and plus, uh, it might end up costing a little bit more because of the technology and the maintenance and the requirements and so on and so forth. So these things, um, uh, at some point, one has to look at the productivity of their use, the capitalization aspects of it. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to use it for four trips a day or something like that. Uh, When it's a fleet that owns it, it's used for 25, 50 trips a day. And so when you look at it on a per trip basis, the, the, the capitalization is, is, you know, order of magnitude improved. Plus, uh, it, it has an entity that, that, that knows how to maintain it, is, is focused on that. And so these things are going to be, since they're mobility machines, they'll be managed and owned by fleets. So that means that the car itself becomes a commodity to those entities. You know, these companies end up being like Hertz and Avis, who buy fleets of cars. And as I sort of put in the um, in the newsletter, um, you know, uh, Hertz or Avis didn't save uh, GM from its last bankruptcy. 
Okay, because why? If you're if you're selling these vehicles uh, to a fleet operator, they're pretty good negotiators. Okay, and they get pretty good deals because they're buying them wholesale, and and really wholesale. And so, therefore, um, that being the savior to the auto companies, I don't know, makes the auto companies into a commodity. Not very optimistic for them, I guess. Well, I, that's <laughs> what I think. But, you know, I guess, you know, <laughs> um, other people think other ways. And finally, Alan, in your newsletters, half-baked stuff that probably doesn't deserve your time section there's a piece from Science Daily titled, Mean Streets, Self-Driving Cars Will Cruise to Avoid Paying to Park. Well, again, you know, they think that we're going to own these things. And it's just, no, certainly no fleet manager is going to operate them that way. Okay, so they're just not going to be operated that way. And if and, and us, I mean, it's just, it's clickbait. And never mind. A lot, of, a lot of silly stuff out there, isn't it? I think so. And that is it for this edition. You can find us at smartdrivingcars.com, on Spotify, TuneIn, Apples, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. Ask your smart speakers to play us. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. Enjoy, people.